0: It's Friday night, which means it's time for another episode of the Friday Night Nicktoons podcast. I'm Casey.
1: I'm Ashley. And I'm Max.
0: Yes, Max, welcome to the podcast. We are so glad to have you. Max is a uh, longtime friend from right away at college. We were roommates. He was a uh, participant in our recent Nick Madness and uh, has been a Nicktoon lover. We are very excited to have Max on the show today.
1: Thank you. I'm um I'm very excited to be here. I I remember back when this podcast started in um in my living room, I was I would listen to Casey and Ashley via I guess Skype recording, which was so I, I was able to be there for the birth of it all. So I'm excited to be a part of it now. Um, Nick Madness was a rough time for me in my life. Um, there was for all a lot of. Yeah, it really. There was a lot of emotions, a lot of roller coaster going on there, ups and and I. But I'm glad that I came out on top. Uh, those of you who followed along with Nick Madness may know me as the person without a Twitter handle. Um, so <laughs> it's nice to it's nice to meet all of you. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to talking about cartoons.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, sorry again about that that last minute loss in your life and. Lost to all of us on the winners there, but we'll we'll make it through together, and uh, yeah, we're really glad to have you on here. Really looking forward to this. Uh, Anyways, last time, we looked at four incredible episodes of Spongebob to celebrate its Nick Madness win. We had a great time conducting this tournament, and we already miss it.
0: That's for sure, although I am certainly glad to not have to deal with uh, random and upsetting Jimmy Neutron victories, especially against (laughs) Hey Arnold, so... Ready to leave it behind from that perspective. <laughs> and for this week's episode, Max came up with the concept, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, so the three episodes that we're watching this week, uh, three different shows, the basic concept, the little through line we're looking for is episodes with the same moral of, you know, don't, don't cut school. In fact, it's probably better if you stayed in school and went to school because it, it's bad if you don't do that. Um, and we're sort of looking at how these shows that don't, that don't necessarily follow along in how real life happens attack that moral. Um, so the three episodes we're watching, um, an episode from Spongebob, Rocket Power, and Hey Arnold each. Nice variety of classics in If You Ask Us.
2: We also put out our weekly Twitter poll and asked you guys who you would vote for in Spongebob's Shanghai episode. And in a wild turn of events, we had a perfect three-way tie between Spongebob, Patrick, and Squidward. So, you guys are very split on this, apparently different <laughs> results than what they got in the actual thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think, well, personally, I'll just say I went with Squidward because I felt like he was the most likely to get them out of the, the, you know, the trouble. But I think there's some valid rationale for any of them.
0: Yeah, I too went with Squidward. You know, I'll be honest, I didn't follow this poll very closely. After the chaos of Nick Madness, these just seem so low stakes by comparison. And I, uh, I checked back a few days late after it had already closed, and was like, wait a minute, what? Uh, yeah, so the, just the fact that one out of every three of you thought the, would trust Patrick with a life-or-death situation uh, kind of baffled me, but you do you. All right, why don't you kick us off, Max?
1: All right, uh, thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, now let's get started. From the Nicktoon Animation Studio in Hollywood. Hollywood, 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 Hollywood. Hollywood. Hollywood.
2: Our first episode is from Spongebob. It's entitled Hookie, and it's from Season 1, Episode 20A.
0: And this episode aired on April 8th, 2000. I know we haven't done this before, but it's kind of a new feature I thought about adding, just on a whim. So we'll be telling you when the episodes aired originally to put them in the important historical context that we all need. Um, So in this one, Mr. Krabs warns Spongebob and uh, everyone in the restaurant very loudly of these fishing hooks that are surrounding Bikini Bottom. Patrick, being the bad influence that he is, encourages Spongebob to play on them with him, assuming they aren't dangerous, which results in a whole bunch of hijinks and some, uh, some betrayal, some backstabbing on behalf of Squidward and Mr. Krabs, all in pursuit of teaching Spongebob a lesson.
1: Yeah, my my first thought on watching this episode outside of the horribly like photoshopped boats <laughs> in the beginning um which were great is it, it's uh it's one of the few episodes of SpongeBob that actively references the fact that there are people and that the world exists ar- around them. Because like I like like halfway through the episode there are all the clips of um like real fishermen trying to reel them in.
2: Yeah, and we we uh just recently had a moment where we were talking about real life situations with the artist at sea just last week. So kind of threw me back to that when we see the real life people and to know that they had yeah. to film this. This this is a real thing that needed to be done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, clearly not stock footage, it's, so it's too specific, especially in the Doodle episode. Um, yeah, so I, as Mr. Krabs explains the hooks to them, it really reminded me of one of Gerald's legends. He gets very theatrical and dramatic in its telling. The animation doesn't change, but it felt kind of similar to me.
1: It's weird to see the, the like, sailor crabs... Come out because it's it, he's sort of like a sub character of Mr. Krabs. He's either greedy or he's a sailor, <laughs> and he's usually just greedy. But then in this, you see him like really getting into that that sub character, which is which is like fun, but also not. I don't know. It's it, I feel like there's a lot of season one SpongeBob tropes in this episode.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and season one, obviously, there's the animation change, but I feel like there just is. Like you said, there are specific tropes that you only really see in season one, and there's a certain feel where, like, even, I think, just, like, listening to it, you can kind of, like, sense the the original Spongebob-ness of it, and the concepts are a little bit different, I feel like, than in later episodes, and, uh, characters are just a little bit different than they end up being in later seasons.
0: Yeah, the writing is so strong in season one. The characters are great, too, but they're still kind of finding what exactly they all are, and... It's funny you mention that, Max, because it reminds me of in the episode, the uh, Krusty Krab training video, the voiceover guy, the narrator, is explaining how Mr. Krabs founded the Krusty Krab, and he goes, you know, Mr. Krabs was always, you know, he always had like a knack for money, blah, 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 then we skip ahead, and the narrator says, after the war, and you see like a sad (laughs) Mr. Krabs sitting on a bed, so... Can we assume he was in the Navy? Is he, like, a hardened war vet? It's... It, we don't know. Well,
1: there is an episode where he, like... Where he molts. Or I guess whatever the crab version of molting is. And right. he sheds his shell and he goes... And SpongeBob has to pretend to be him and he meets all his old Navy buddies. That's And one true. of them has, like, a hard... Or a, 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 what's... The, one of those underwater missiles that I can't remember the name of. Torpedo? Uh, thank you. Yeah, a torpedo. Like, oh. sticking out of his chest. Um, Maybe and we'll need like, to
0: have you back, Max, to do a Mr. Krabs lore episode. I mean,
1: as the Jew here, I feel like I should be here for any <laughs> Mr. Krabs episodes. Um, <laughs> so. Happy Passover! Yay! <laughs> uh.
2: oh, uh, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that, that sort of side of him. We'll, we'll have to get into it some other time, But but moving forward... Uh, despite Mr. Krabs' warnings, and he, you know, he tells the tale of how terrifying these hooks are to Spongebob, um, it takes almost five seconds for Patrick to convince Spongebob to ditch work for, uh, the carnival, as he calls it. The carnival's in town! And he's like, yeah, just take a break and come to the carnival! And Spongebob's like, oh, okay. And it's a running theme in all of these episodes. There's a bad influence. And then somebody who fights it for a little bit, but then gives in, and uh, this this fight was probably the easiest I think of
0: all yeah. three. Well, this Patrick convincing SpongeBob to like ignore his responsibilities is very me to Ashley because when I have nothing to do, I just annoy Ashley and like get her to do stupid stuff with me, usually podcast related. So I this spoke to me,
1: in a way. I also appreciated in that moment. Um, it's, for me, like, the show opens, Spongebob's defining characteristic is he wants to be a fry cook. And so, I, I, in my mind, I was like, why would he leave work when he loves work?
2: Yeah, it's a little out of character, I feel like, for him, actually, considering, and, and he does actually have a line later in this episode, Um, don't remember exactly when, but he says, oh, this is even better than working double overtime at the Krusty Krab. So it's like, obviously he loves work, like overworking himself so it is a little bit strange for him to take off from work
0: for sure yeah that is something that stands out uh, one thing I would like to sort of hear your two thoughts on are the potential metaphors of this episode because there certainly could be a lot of them
1: oh I mean yeah I think the first the most like obvious for us is it's very much there's like the through line of addiction like or at least for me, it was. It was like the bad influence. Like, first they're just eating the cheese, but then they'd like mainline, I guess, and like ride them up to the surface, which is the next level. And, you know, he's like, I can't do this anymore because it's affecting my life. Yeah. And then he sees some hooks in the distance. And Patrick is, you know, the friend who still is addicted, who's the enabler. And it like ruined, potentially ruins his life. It makes it really sad when we, when we, when I talk about it like this, but, um, I don't know, Ash, 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 someone else, someone else, think of something else to make it happier. (laughs) (laughs) I I think in general,
2: though, it it, it does just kind of, like, have that overlying idea of just like the, you know, that bad influence friend who convinces you to do that thing that you were told in school not to do, and then you go ahead and do it, and it ends up being bad. It's a little, you know little bit uh basic there but just just the general like patrick being like hey let's do this bad thing over here this sketchy thing and spongebob you just you know give it into it even though he's been told that it's wrong by mr krabs and it, it seems very their dynamic to me honestly and i i do like though that um spongebob does have sort of this like respect for Mr. Krabs and like his ideas but you can tell that he still just kind of does whatever he wants
0: yep it's like when uh, Squidward in another episode is telling them to like change roles like pretend that I am you and you're me and Spongebob goes can I be Mr. Krabs and Squidward goes why would you want to be Mr. Krabs and he goes because he's a great leader <laughs> which like <laughs> yeah. he isn't at well, all <laughs> just yeah he does have this respect to, for him Ashley to your point whether it's merited or not
1: my mind actually I was thinking towards the uh Free Balloon Day episode which is like an entire episode mm. based on SpongeBob being a bad influence on Patrick. For sure. Um and I was just like the Yeah, they the back they definitely and both of, uh It's each I mean other. it's just, you know, they're both kids as characters until the movie and then they become men, but that's beside the point um <laughs> in song form which
0: is yeah, exactly.
2: references all over yeah.
0: the only way to become a man is, is in with song. a musical number we all know that
1: as a man
0: yeah um. <laughs> and my puberty song was great <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so other details on this episode yeah. i'm trying to think what else we got so yeah we uh it's basically this back and forth between the Krusty Krab and between Spongebob and Patrick, and uh, it is one of those rare moments. Mr. Krabs and Squidward seem like, outside of the Krusty Krab, they could be great friends. They both are to have this sort of, like, dry wit, and I just kind of like the idea of the two of them
1: bonding. I think that's a huge early Spongebob thing. Uh-huh. Um, like, I mean, and you guys are more, you know, actively familiar with from season to season but like I know that as the show goes on Mr. Krabs is way more critical of Squidward for being like a bad worker and way more like complimentary of Spongebob but like in this episode Squidward is actively losing them money and Mr. Krabs right. doesn't really like say anything to him he's just kind of like oh yeah, well, I got I got other things to deal with
2: yeah, and I think we've talked before, too, about how the relationship between them definitely changes from season to season. Um, let's see. Moving forward, I guess. So so they have the whole the whole hook situation, and Mr. Krabs runs to catch up with them, and he sees them, you know, getting brought up by the hook, and they, they let go right before they get to the top. They're sort of, like, treating these like exciting rides, right? And uh, he makes them promise... To never go back on the hooks with the uh, the important chant, "Yo ho, yo ho, near the hooks we'll never go," and it, it kind of reminded me of um, the episode with uh, I don't remember what it's called, the one where they're basically swearing and he like makes them promise not to say dolphin noise, <laughs> the, the swear word.
0: Oh God, sailor mouth. Yeah, that's another That would class, be the, like... uh,
1: the title of that episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I know that. <laughs> so
0: the uh no we we appreciate that the resolution of this episode sort of skipping ahead a bit basically i'm reverse engineering a little bit but essentially mr krabs gets squidward to drop a line by spongebob's house on his way to work spongebob falls for it hook line and sinker <laughs> anyway no <laughs> he, <laughs> he gets hooked on the back of his pants and uh he kind of runs to Mr. Krabs being like I I need help getting out of this mess. Oh, and Patrick has already been lifted to the surface and has not come down. SpongeBob saw that happen, right?
1: No Patrick comes back down.
2: No. Well,
1: oh wait. Patrick no, he Patrick
2: apparently doesn't, which we right. find out at the end but but we don't see that happen that's, that's true. sort of just like right.
0: a yeah it's just assumed
2: but yeah so he uh or you go ahead right
1: Max. um well so then like the the big the big turmoil is that SpongeBob is then forced to choose between life and nudity or death and nudity um <laughs> Because Pearl and all of her friends are there. And it's, it's a totally characterless Pearl. Like, she has so much personality as the show goes on. And at this point, she's just a whale. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, like, the idea is, like, SpongeBob is, like, potentially gonna die right now. And there is this group of girls who are, like, giggling and laughing because he might have to take his pants off. Which, like, shame on them. But that's besides the point. Um, and... It, you know in the end he ends up giving up and he, he takes all of his clothes off and is saved from death and we see that squidward and mr krabs organized the whole thing to teach him a lesson
2: yeah i'm wondering too because because mr krabs does start out giving them uh pearl and her friends free water if he sort of planned to have them there mm. too right was like sort of an add-on to the joke was like, not only this, like, if, if he knew this whole thing was going to go down and knew that it would be embarrassing in front of the girls. Because it seems like maybe there's a setup. Could just be coincidence, but it was a thought.
0: Yeah, that is, that is interesting. Do we want to, do we want to get into that question you posed, Max? I'm very interested in that. Oh,
1: um, so the question that I have is like, why did Mr. Crabb set all this up? Um, because the two angles of it are either... You know, it's good, he, he is a good heart and it's sort of an intervention for Spongebob where he sets up this whole situation to save Spongebob from getting, you know, actually hurt on the hooks. But then the other option is like, is he doing that because he's a good person or is he doing that because he's losing so much money because he doesn't have a fry cook?
2: It's hard to say, I, I, and I'm a little bit torn here because on the one hand... It does seem like he genuinely cares about him, right? Like, when he's warning him not to go towards the hooks and things, it seems like it's genuinely because he doesn't want him to be hurt. You know, like, it doesn't really seem like it's like, don't ditch work, because the idea of that happening wasn't even on the table yet. So, I think part of it is, there's there's some goodness in it, but definitely I think the money is a helpful motivating factor.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, certainly. I think the warning is genuine at the beginning for the point that Ashley brought up, that he doesn't even know SpongeBob could skip work. And uh, that's the motive, the final motivating factor. It's like, all right, SpongeBob's throwing his life away, and now it's getting in the way of my bottom line. So I think it was a like a one-two kind of situation.
1: Yeah, I, I the one thing that I would say in favor of like Mr. Krabs not just being selfish is... He does, um, you know, he finds out that Spongebob's on a break, which he's not allowed to do, I guess. Uh, and, like, freaks out and is all mad that, oh, he's being lazy. But then the moment he finds out what he's doing, he doesn't talk about work to Spongebob. He's not saying, you're skipping work, it's, it's, seriously, this is dangerous and you shouldn't be doing it. Um... So I don't know. That's kind of a of an angle where Mister Krabs looks less, less greedy, less selfish.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to him. I think, I think there's a little bit of heart in him. You know, obviously, I think if if he had to pay money to keep SpongeBob away from the hooks, it would be a different mm. story. But I think as long as he can kind of do this setup here, and you know, part of it too for the fun of the joke. Um, last the the last moment we see of this episode too is. We see a, a bus drop off a tuna can, and we hear Patrick saying, does anybody have a can opener? Because apparently starfish get put into tuna cans. That's what happens when you go to the surface.
0: Clearly, yeah. Do you think Mr. Krabs would just make something like that up? <laughs> but yeah, that that wraps up this episode. This was really fun. Uh, I'm a big fan <laughs> of this episode, and it was nice to watch it with fresh eyes because I don't think I've seen it since... Uh, I was a wee lad, so are we, are we all good to move on?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I'm good. All right,
0: next up we have our episode from Rocket Power.
1: Um, the second episode that we are discussing is from rocket power uh, episode title snow day Uh, this is from season one it's episode 20a and it aired march 21st 2000
2: this one when sam tells otto about snow days back in kansas the two boys decide to skip school for the day but things get a little hectic when they're stuck on a malfunctioned roller coaster
0: all right, so this is kind of an interesting coincidence here that we previously in our winter episodes podcast discussed the the rocket power episode where they do have a snow day. So I guess the writers were like, remember how we said they never have a snow day? Let's just do one because we're 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 running a short here on ideas. So uh, both episodes are great actually, and both kind of involve Sam teaching them about snow days, but. Uh, Even though this episode is called Snow Day, it is, uh, funnily enough, not the episode about snow days. It's about them playing hooky, obviously.
1: I mean, that's the logical conclusion from that. Um, I will say one thing that, as someone who hasn't watched this show in ages, I'm still not sure where it takes place. I always assumed it took place in Hawaii. Um, this is not... California. It's California. It is California? Okay, great. Like, I, I thought so, um... My first my first big notice um they have such great 90s graphics to emphasize <laughs> confusion I think yep. like Sam is like we used to have snow days and then there's this great graphic of like snow day which I don't know I didn't I don't know how to feel about yeah. that. it looked like like a uh, word art from my. Uh, own It, it
2: happens several times throughout the episode too. I think there's like some moment where they're like screaming and it's like ah, just shown on the screen for. It's very much, uh, very much rocket powers aesthetic. <laughs> it, it's hard to say how you feel about it necessarily, but it's it's ingrained into the show, and I I think I love it because it it's so weird and feels so out of place, but it is definitely strange
0: yeah well you guys are here saying you're not sure what to think about it i will defend the rocket power graphics until (laughs) i'm put in my grave i will i will fight for this television device for the rest of my life because i think it's genius
1: that's i i don't if if you're that determined i won't i won't argue i'll let you have this um the snow day one I will say is
0: one of
1: the weaker ones. Yeah, they <laughs> But um no my my first my first question upon the episode beginning is that they're all they're all skating to school. But they're not like trying to get to school quickly. They're not using the skates to do it. They're just ha- they're walking normally on skates. Is that supposed to be cool? Is that supposed to be like <laughs> this is what they do- I I don't know. I I was really taken aback by that. Um, but I don't know, is that like, usually they'd wear skates to get to school quickly because they love it, but today they're bored, so they don't want to go quickly. Yeah, I
2: thought that was weird, too, because, like, they referenced something about skates, but they definitely are not going any faster. I, for whatever reason, today is the day, well, there's there's the school assembly, which I guess they're all dreading, but I feel like when I was a kid, I liked assemblies because it was like, you, you know, it was different. You weren't in class for the whole day, like, those would be the days that I wouldn't, Want to miss, which, as we find out later, they shouldn't want to miss, but I guess in their schools, assembly days are generally horrible.
0: Well, and for some of our younger listeners, you might not know this, but when you're born in the 90s, they give you a pair of roller skates and you have to use them. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense that they would be allowed to use them in school. <laughs> But actually, no, I that confused me too, and then I just remembered the guiding rule on this show. If you're wondering if something is cool or not, if the Rockets are doing it, it's cool. That's the end of the discussion. So they find out about this festival before it happens, right? They just don't think it'll be any good. Well,
1: what Red—
2: They they, they know it's an assembly, Yeah. But... And,
1: well, they get there, and Reggie and uh, Twister, they get there after—this is skipping forward a little— but they get there, and they see that they're, like, putting up climbing ropes and putting down mats. And Twister's like, ah, oh, it's going to be the the B-Fit Festival. Which is weird, because they love sports. So I don't know why that would be a bad thing. Um, but apparently it's really terrible, because Reggie's like, oh, more like the B-Board Festival. Which is, you know, like, A-plus sass right there. Um, Got em. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah, I thought that
2: was strange, too. Reg, they're they're Reggie for
1: Zingers. Yeah. They're
2: very... F- fit characters like they they love being outside they go surfing they go like rollerblading all the time i don't know it's strange it's a strange school dynamic and usually the school dynamics within rocket power are that it's not that big of a focus but yeah so so because of the assembly and because uh sam says that his friends back home happen to have a snow day today Sam, or Otto, rather, is the bad influence guy in this episode, and he convinces just Sam for them to both have a snow day. He says, there's going to be no lines at the amusement park. It's going to be crazy. We got to go. And, uh, so yeah, they, they decide to do it. He also has this, and and this was a little bit of a confusing moment, too, because the show likes to be mildly confusing. Uh, he He calls his dad and says... Like, oh, hey, Dad, can you drop off two um, surfboards behind the shack I've... so that uh, Sam's mom can pick them up? And um, then Otto's like, oh, I can't believe he bought it. And we clipped to Ray saying, I didn't buy that for a minute, but then he still apparently gives them the surfboards? It's a little confusing.
0: Yeah, because we see them surfboarding later. It, yeah, I have no idea what happened there. I still, I might need to rewatch because that's going to bother me. But yeah, Max raised up an interesting point. Like, they call it a singular roller coaster. And I was like, well, yeah, because it's, uh, they're like, let's go ride the roller coaster. It's like, yeah, they, uh, like, I guess it's a boardwalk. It only has one roller coaster. But then we zoom out at the end of the episode and there are like four roller coasters on screen. And like, as someone who's been to, so many theme parks in my life you would never just say, hey guys, let's go ride the roller coaster, like the one. Maybe they just didn't want to come up with a name for it. Well, I don't well, know. The
1: one thing in in the show's defense I don't know, maybe, is uh, later when they're running to the amusement park, Sam is like excuse me, last one there has to ride the baby dolphin baby coaster. I don't know. I don't remember what he says. Um...
0: Yeah, but it's like right. A so it's like ride, a kitty right? ride.
1: So maybe there's like maybe the the roller coaster is the only one worth riding, and all the other that ones that could that are,
0: could be true.
1: Maybe that's it. Okay, That's fair that's enough. what I got for this one. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and then they get in this moving moving on to the the roller coaster situation, not quite as high stakes as uh, the Wonder Pets episode me and Casey saw recently, where <laughs> the baby Coney squirrel Island. almost died. Yeah, not not quite as high stakes, but they do get trapped on this roller coaster upside down, which technically, like, can't happen, but it, it's terrifying to see it anyways. Just the idea, like, the blood rushing to your head and you being stuck there, it terrified me.
0: Yeah, and I will say, you know... If anyone who understands basics, ph- basic physics gets this, but any opportunity that I get to talk about <laughs> uh, work being a roller coaster operator, I'm going to take it. Um, the After the lift, the vast majority of roller coasters do not have other brakes or, uh, or any sort of mechanism changing your speed. And so after the lift, you're just, it's gravity taking over until you get to the end and it slows you down. So, uh, yeah, that could not happen unless there was a break on that specific part of the track, which, why would you ever build a break there? (laughs) Well,
1: apparently you would build a break there to teach kids not to skip school.
0: Oh, you're right, actually. And it worked perfectly if that was the goal. I think that's the idea.
1: Um, meanwhile, I mean, meanwhile, I guess, back at the ranch, uh... Which is their school? Um, we we learn that like literally Cirque du Soleil is has come to their school, but I'm more interested in the fact that their school principal looks kind of like 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 a cross between Willy Wonka and Nigel Thornberry.
2: Oh, I see it.
1: Like he he looked really or for I, I don't yeah. know some of our some of some of your older listeners. There's like a touch of uh, the warden from Super Jail. Uh, hmm. like that weird spindly, he was so excessive, um, and it, it disturbed me. Yeah, yeah it,
0: it's, I actually, he stuck out to me. Sorry, Ashley, just while this is relevant. Um, every Class B Clasky Supo show has an adult that looks just like him. I really think so. The prince, and he's always like a principal or school administrator type. In All Grown Up, in, uh, in as told by Ginger, and, uh, apparently he looks like Nigel Thornberry, too. It's, uh, they gotta change it up a little.
2: Yeah, he's, he's a something, you know, and all the kids look super bored, and he's like, oh, we care about your fitness, but we also care about you guys having fun, and this is, again, so, so now the, the second carnival reference, right, because we had the carnival, which was just hooks in the last one, and, literal just carnival day at school they're all having a blast and you know it's it's one of those see kids when you skip school you will happen to miss the coolest day of school that's how it works
1: and like that's that's one of the weird things about this episode and also i mean later the hey arnold episode is like it's not enough for them to have a bad day they also, it's like, it's not, hey, you missed school and that's bad. It's, you missed a good time at school. So they're like, it's like the creators didn't trust kids to realize that maybe school's not so bad. The creators had to be like, <laughs> no, seriously, the day you skip will be incredible. <laughs> yeah. The day you skip will be
0: incredible and you'll almost die outside of school.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Again, it's,
2: it's not like a—you'll miss an important lesson. You'll, you know, you won't learn the important thing that'll come. No, no, no. You'll miss out on the carnival. The carnival will be there.
0: Which yeah, it, the the eternal carnival that exists between all three of these yeah.
1: episodes. I mean, admittedly, if I missed the carnival, I'd be really sad. I'd be bummed. That's true.
2: And that would be my luck, That's you know. Cute. Like if I if I were sick or something and actually had to stay home, it would be on carnival day. You know, it would be.
1: But for real.
0: <laughs> Unless you're skipping uh, for the carnival, like in the Spongebob episode. In which
1: case, the carnival is the just house, drugs. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, I think I think that's about it. They get busted. They, you know, they go and to they, the principal's office.
2: And they get to feel bad about not getting to go to the carnival. It's about, it, it pretty much clips out right then. Yeah,
1: they do bond a little. Yeah, I would uh, li- Where, like, they, they're they in the True. principal's office, and there's a United States uh, map, because apparently those are rare, and... Uh, what's his ad Otto is like hey sam sh- where's your hometown and sam points to yeah, uh, cute. the map of Kansas where his hometown is apparently important enough to be listed um, but it's like a <laughs> it, yeah it's like i had that a, same thought right? it's like hutchinson oh, who cares yeah um, <laughs> but it's no but it's a cute it's like a cute bonding moment for like an early for like a relatively early episode it's cute to have that that moment for sure
2: yeah and i i did appreciate that even though things went horribly wrong neither of them got too turned against each other or anything you know they they took their punishment uh you know headstrong and i i like their friendship for sure um yeah that that sums up all of my thoughts unless either of you guys have anything else to add i'm good all right so up next we will have our episode from hey arnold
0: Our third episode is from Hey Arnold. It's called Hookie, and it's from Season 2, Episode 28B. This aired on October 13th, 1997.
1: Um, Yeah, and this episode follows a similar basic uh, plotline as The Rock of Power 1. Arnold and Gerald collectively decide to skip school by making up some excuses. Um, But every new fun thing they try to do comes with the risk of getting caught. So they end up just being so stressed and having such a bad time uh, the entire day that they finally just decide to go back to school and, like, say, hey, we're sorry, we messed up. Uh, But when they arrive at school, everyone's freaking out because, lo and behold, it was Carnival Day. (laughs) Um, What a a shame. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the parallels of that at the end, but I, I just want to start out by saying that this this episode starts out with just some great A Jim Lang music, and I don't think we can talk about Hey Arnold without giving him at least one shout out, so immediately this starts out and I'm like, this music, so good, so spot on to the the sort of, you know, the grind of the school day that everyone's feeling, It's just fantastic.
0: Definitely. And it's, uh, I will say, I'm I'm not trying to undersell, you know, our work here, but this is one of the more underwhelming episodes of Hey Arnold for me. Not a ton happens. It's not particularly original. And I, I don't know. I always love this show and I'll always want to watch it, but probably wouldn't rewatch this one by choice.
1: I I think that's, that's fair. I, I think we might feel differently if we had watched it before the Rocket Power episode. Because it is somewhat formulaic, mm. and they are very similar. So, like, watching this right after watching that Rocket Power episode felt like watching the same episode again, but, like, with, I don't know, better music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And it did come first, the Hey Arnold
0: one did. So, Rocket Power copied Hey Arnold, if anything. How dare they? Yeah,
2: it's a little bit strangely <laughs> paralleled, for sure. Um, and, and, again, we, we have the same bad influence thing. Uh, this time, Gerald saying, like, don't you ever just want to, you know, take a day off? And, uh, then eventually Arnold gets, you know, roped into the whole thing. So, as always, we've got the bad influence and the fairly easy-to-influence originally good kid happening.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, the ongoing sort of trope we talked about with our protagonist. Well, actually, that's a lie. In Rocket Power, our protagonist is the bad influence, (laughs) but that's sort of his shtick. (laughs) He's like a wholesome bad boy. That's Otto, you know. He's not bad enough to encourage kids to be actually bad, but you know,
1: it's, there's like there's a great moment uh, with them deciding to deciding to like when they call in sick. You know, it's it's uh, we get to see Arnold call into the school and it and it's it's, it's fun because it's like he's, he answers the phone and it's his voice and he turns around and he coughs. And when he turns back to the phone, it's just the voice actor who plays his grandpa saying that Arnold has malaria. <laughs> but specifically a, a touch of the malaria, um, which is a great line.
2: I hate um, it when I get a touch of malaria. Right, but
1: well, at least the it's worst. just a touch. Um, and then he follows it up, and this is something that I, I almost missed. But it's a great grandfather would say this line where he's like, I would love to stay on the phone longer, but I had Mexican food last night. And then he <laughs> hangs up.
0: It's kind of adorable, though. Arnold knows him so
1: well. Right. Oh, no, it's great. Yeah, I,
2: that's. It's absolutely something he would say and absolutely, exactly in that tone. Almost so exactly, but it's just his voice. That... <laughs> yeah. Uh but it's it's a funny a funny little moment and uh so yeah, he gets called in sick and they decide to go to uh you know, where where would I go if I had the whole day off? You know, you know, there's probably no lines at uh the theme park. Let's go there. What a creative concept.
0: For sure. And uh there's very few people here, and I'm gonna invoke my uh former theme park employee status again here and say that at the six flags that I worked at, um If there were less than 10,000 people in the park, they'd usually close if it was near the beginning of the day. So, uh, that, it's kind of strange that this, uh, this, what's it called? Dino world? Dino
1: land? Dino land.
0: The fact that it didn't close is kind of strange, but, uh, you know, so it goes.
1: I mean, it definitely looked like there were enough people there in most of the shots. Mm hmm I don't know. It's, like, weird because... There's no one else on the roller. They go on a roller coaster because, you know, duh. And um, there's no one else on the roller coaster at all, which to me, why would they have to get out and get in line again? Um, I know that I've been to amusement parks where there's no people and they just ask if you want to do it again. But they get out to get back in line to be the only two people on the roller coaster. And you can see there's, like, other people in the distance, which is when their first hurdle comes up, namely the, like, weird, like, somewhat undetailed sketch drawing of uh, their vice principal.
2: Yeah, and uh, so they, they start panicking, and they're like, we can't stay here, and uh, they move on forward, deciding that Dino Land is not the place to be after all. And I think the, the next place they go to is, they go to the baseball game, right? At good ol' Quigley yes. Field.
0: <laughs> yeah, Quigley Field.
2: And Quigley Field has the world's greatest announcer. Me and Casey have watched a number of episodes where he just says ridiculous things. And th- this is no exception. And he says, you know, he he puts them, or like, you know, they get put on the screen and he's like, there's so many dedicated fans, but none so dedicated as these two, so dedicated, they actually came out on a school day. Just, like, called out.
0: Oh, yeah, and uh, I apologize. It's actually called Quigley Stadium, Uh important distinction there.
1: Mm. And it's it's, uh,
0: supposedly modeled after Tiger Stadium, which was the home of the Detroit Tigers, until Comerica Park replaced it in the year 2000. So, interesting little tidbit.
1: Um, But what what I, and it's that moment, the ending of that moment is great, too, because rather than, like, commit to it and just stay since they're already, you know, out of luck, they duck down and crawl under the seats. But they do that like it's no big deal. Like they're passing people they're crawling in front of people and the people aren't responding and the ground is clean enough yeah, for and them also, to be fine like said, crawling
2: like if, if you're already caught just stay at that point right like you've already you've already been on the screen they're not going to put you on the screen the whole game so like that's probably the only moment that's going to come up why not just be like all right worst case scenario we get caught whatever we're already at this baseball game already paid to be here presumably Whatever they they decide that it's too much and they've got to keep on moving on through their list of things to do on a uh, on a um a hooky day and they go to see the the classic movie that we all know and love of uh, Buddy Love Goes Coconuts.
0: <laughs> Such a classic, and uh, but it turns out that Grandpa and the lovable. <laughs> Not so lovable, Oscar, the Eastern European stereotype, as Max put it, <laughs> uh, are at the movie, uh, much to their dismay, so they have to sneak out of that too. But why?
1: Why? No, I, I, sorry, I just mean, like, why, why did they have to sneak out of the very dark movie theater hmm. when they could have just stayed hunkered down in their seats and watched the movie and then let Oscar and Grandpa leave? Before them, after the movie, like it, yeah. it's yeah. more it's more likely that they'd be seen leaving in the middle of the movie.
2: I, I think it's I think it's just this paranoia thing, right? Like, like what are the chances that the uh what the the vice principal, the janitor, whoever whoever it was at the theme park is going to recognize them specifically and be like, "You kids aren't supposed to be here." What are the chances that like any of these things is actually going to get in, into trouble? I think they're just too paranoid about getting caught to actually have any fun.
1: Which is, you know, what happens when you do bad things. Don't do
2: bad things, kids.
0: So then they disguise themselves. See, um, This happens, doesn't this happen in uh, another Nicktoon too, where they disguise themselves and then it turns out that they're disguised
1: just like criminals? That's the, are you thinking of the Spongebob episode where he's like jumping into houses and... The police hold the oh, picture yeah. up to Patrick and Patrick screams and then they put it down and they do. There's Is that, that
0: one, but there I feel like there's another one too where it's a duo who gets busted for dressing just Ooh. like
2: I know what you're talking about. That sounds so vaguely familiar.
0: And we covered it on this show.
2: And then they say like, oh no, we had the wrong guys or whatever all along and yeah. then it's like
0: Oh, it was all grown up? No, it was as told by Ginger. Oh, I don't know. It was all grown ginger.
2: <laughs> it was... All grown ginger.
0: As told by us. Oh,
2: God. If, if anyone's yes. listening and knows exactly what we're talking about by any chance, let us know. But I, I feel like I know what you're getting at. I just...
1: It is a... And it is a trope. Couldn't it tell you. It is a thing that happens. Yeah.
2: But I, I do think it's weird. For sure. Even with their sort of disguises. These are what? Like, 10-year-old kids? Like, are these fake beards that impressive that they believe that these 10 year old kids are grown adults it seems a little iffy
1: I mean not that many people have football shaped heads
2: <laughs> that is fair uh, and then uh I was just gonna say yeah they, they go to the police station they get brought in there but they get cleared and they're like you know what we're gonna go to the principal we're gonna apologize for everything we've done we're gonna say you know like beg for mercy. We're gonna go back and we're gonna stay in school forever, and that's when they find out. Of course, it's surprise carnival day, as every school has one. Kids, uh, you know, that's that's what happens. And I I think they they do kind of a cute job with the in the end of this one where Arnold's like, "Do you think there's a moral to this?" And Gerald's like, "Stay in school and pray that it's carnival day." <laughs>
0: <laughs> then he's like no that's not it and he keeps trying and then finally he says stay away from buddy love movies and hey arnold and arnold says closer but that's not it either <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah I, I do i do love the like refusal to have them learn the moral at the end like they get it but also yeah they're kids right they don't get it um i was i was curious why the police didn't take them to like did the police not eventually notice that after that they had brought in 10 year olds and that they so like the, the real the real people are and the police just let them go rather than being like we should probably take you kids back to school where you belong but i guess that wouldn't they wouldn't have learned the lesson enough if that had happened
0: and also, if the police hadn't caught the real criminals when they did, would they, would Arnold and Gerald have just gone to jail?
1: Yeah, but gone to jail for, like, apparent for what, like, occasionally? Like, is it stealing so They're like, the Yahoo Soda Bandits is the title, or whatever. Which is like, the second, <laughs> let's make them drink soda, you know, in the manner with which adults drink beer moment of the episode. Right. The first being in the baseball game. Well,
0: and Yahoo Soda goes back to another episode we discussed. Remember, Ashley? Yeah, uh just
2: drink
0: it. Yeah, the stinky the stinky episode where he auditions for Yahoo Soda and he's so bad that they love him. (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's that's the that's the slogan is
0: Yeah. Yahoo Yahoo Soda. soda. Just (laughs) drink it. Except when Oscar does it, and he's like, "It's it's the best soda." I'm telling you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: and he's like holding on to a lollipop on all that, but uh, Oscar, we we've got to have an Oscar episode. Sometimes you, we've we've got a lot of episodes we got to get to, but overall, uh, there, I think, um, I think I'm pretty much summed up here. If there's any any last thoughts about it,
1: I'm good. I, I have nothing.
2: Alrighty then. Up next, we will have our conclusion with our fun fact, Twitter poll, and preview for next week.
0: Alright, so we are not doing trivia this week. We, uh, in our guest episode, we figured it'd be best to, you know, focus on Max and not make it about us. So uh, we are skipping trivia, but we'll be back next week. And, uh, our fun fact for this episode is a sort of strange tie-in, a triangle of sorts between the three episodes. Spongebob and Hey Arnold are both named Hookie, though Spongebob's is spelled as a pun, H-O-O-K-Y, and Hey Arnold's is spelled as the real world with an E at the end. And, uh, Spongebob and Rocket Power are both Season 1, Episode 20A, very oddly specific, and they also premiered less than three weeks... they also premiered less than three weeks apart. So uh, that's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, Uh, so you all will have a uh, new Twitter poll this week, which will be, uh, think about which episode uh, had the worst consequences for skipping school. Um, You know, both like what the characters miss out on, but also what they experience during their day off.
2: Yeah, I'm going to throw a quick caveat in there, or skipping work in in Spongebob's case, but for playing hooky as as it goes either way. So between, um, you know, those three episodes, definitely some interesting consequences. I'm interested to see your guys' response. And then next week, we will be discussing Invader Zim. We're going to have an episode just featuring them. We had a Twitter follower tweet at us some recommendations. Because we weren't super thrilled with the episode we saw last, so we're we're looking forward to really featuring it, digging down to some of what a good fan says is some of the best episodes, and hopefully getting a better experience than we had the first time around.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Max. This was really fun. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Uh, any parting words to our listeners?
1: Uh, stay in school. Uh, don't don't do you know drugs. Um. That's about it. Those are the only things. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks for um, having me on. I if, if you want me to come back, I, I will. And if you don't, I'll hate you forever.
0: Love it. Well said. And uh, thank you for a great episode. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.